You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody. Um, a little bonus Friday content. A bunch of the patrons. I actually asked that I put up um, the mini pod that happened after the Pat McAfee interview with Aaron uh, last week, um, which goes into just sort of uh, what makes a skeptic versus a lazy skeptic and kind of a point-by-point refutation of a lot of Aaron's uh, points there. If you are sick of vaccine talk and Aaron talk and all that, feel free to skip this one. We'll be back with you know the normal big football analysis podcast next week. But uh, I, I thought it turned out pretty well. It's an interesting look at uh, just what vaccine skeptics do, um, the shortcuts they take, and, and what the truth actually is. So um, do enjoy it, and we'll uh, enjoy the game. I like to wake up with you early in the morning. We'll stay up late just playing records on your phonograph. I like to get to know your mother and your father. Maybe just once pretend to be somebody's better half. And I would like to tell the very first lie. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Paul here, and welcome to a little bonus mini pod. Uh, I, of course, Recorded this week's mini-podcast previewing the Chiefs before Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show, and that was should have waited, my fault, um, but uh, we should talk about that a little bit because it's going to be big news, and I think we all sort of understood that Aaron Rodgers was going to be some level of, of vaccine skeptic, ranging between uh, full-on crazy nutter to... Yeah, slightly skeptical. My friends all do this granola stuff, and I want to make sure I'm still cool in front of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure any of us really expected him to drop my now friend Joe Rogan um, in in there, which kind of confirmed he's much more on the extreme end uh, of the spectrum. It, it, it's kind of splitting hairs. It doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I did want to address just a few comments on his show and also just generally talk about uh, what skeptic actually means because and, and what do your own research actually means so um like it's just annoying from someone who like I don't, i'm not a doctor i'm not a scientist i don't do medical research but uh, as i mentioned on this pretty often uh, my job is i'm an attorney and attorneys do have to do a kind of research when you are a part of a case you don't just get to say here's what I think should be, and the judge says, oh, well, that makes sense. You're right. That's not how any of this works. Um, there's a long line of precedent uh, of previous cases and of laws and interpretations of those laws captured in cases, sometimes in some other ways. And when you make a point that's sub- substantive to what you're trying to argue, you have to back it up with the research on those laws, that those cases, uh, and how they apply. Um, you can't just spout off whatever you want, and sometimes that requires going deep. Now, 
Um, in addition to that as my job, like as you guys know, uh, when I do the mini pod, when I usually have to do the, the other podcasts, I have a bunch of spreadsheets and uh, charts and graphs open on my computer um, from Football Outsiders, from uh, PFF, from Baldwin's nice little R thing he put together at Running Backs Don't Matter, um, and various other places. But always pro football reference during the baseball podcast, always fan graphs and prospectus and, and baseball reference. And that's because, for the very same reason, if I want to say somebody's good or bad, um, generally, or at something specific, I want to be able to tell you why I think that, and I go a layer deeper to, well, you know, in this situation, they haven't performed well, as tracked by this. Um, and when I talk about football, you know, I actually, I think, have a very good understanding of how DVOA and DYAR work, uh, and for because of that, I trust those in most situations pretty well, but not in all situations. And with, like, PFF's grading, it's more of a black box, and so we give that less trust. And uh, there is a kind of skeptic that Aaron Rodgers is, and that Joe Rogan is, where it's lazy. It is, here is the mainstream view of something. Uh, part one, well, maybe that's not true. And uh, then they might come up with a reason that it's not true, and that's where it ends. Um, and that is the problem with that kind of skepticism. It, it makes you feel smart because you're going against the mainstream, and you've come up with maybe one or two points as to why that's the case. But if you can't explain the opposing side, then you haven't done your full job. And uh, that is where I, I have a, a trouble calling what Aaron Rodgers is a skeptic, or what did he call himself, a critical thinker. That's not critical thinking. You got lazy and you didn't do the rest of your analysis. Uh, you, you went to where it made you feel cool and you stopped. And that happens far too often, uh, especially with the Joe Rogan crowd. That's kind of his whole thing. You know, c kind of ironically, before Joe Rogan was, was like the kind of famous he is now when he was still an actor on Wings, um, long, long, long time ago, um, the libertarian magicians, uh, well, not Teller because he doesn't talk, but Pendulette had a radio show for like a little tiny bit. And I remember Joe Rogan was on there and uh, he was a moon landing skeptic at the time. And um, Penn... Uh, again, lots of problematic people for a variety of reasons, but um, Penn had on like a NASA scientist and they talked to Joe Rogan about why the moon landing happened. And you know what? Joe Rogan changed his mind on that. Uh, it took, uh, he is now not a moon landing skeptic and I know it's stupid to be a moon landing skeptic, whatever. Um, but here's the thing. When presented, when somebody made him listen to evidence, he actually changed his mind, which just kind of drives home for me that a lot of this is laziness um, and selecting your sources. And when you're inescapably have the evidence put in front of you and have to confront it, um, sometimes that still works. But um, Aaron's clearly of the type that he's decided on a bunch of these beliefs being cool and he's not going to take that extra step. And he has a lot of stupid rationalizations in this interview. Um, and it's never good when you start with an appeal to just biases or authority and you know one of the first things he says is I'm, i realize i'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now so before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket i'd like to set the record straight on so many of the blatant lies out there and you know, right away setting himself up as um as he, he is kind of a mix of lefty righty uh here but th this is a very big right-wing thing to, to just paint yourself as a victim immediately it's one of my favorite right-wing radio tricks that Rush Limbaugh always did is complain about the left's culture of victimology 
And uh, they're very quick to turn that around and just adopt it. And Rush Limbaugh is a big offender of that when he was still alive, um, of us against the world, that the left is out to get us and we're the victims, and not seeing the irony in it. Well, probably he did, but um, <laughs> most people not seeing the irony of it. So right away, Rogers is, oh, I'm, I'm the victim. I'm, I'm not a super um, you know, rich, uh, famous person. Nope, I'm a victim of a bunch of people who are going to cancel me. Um, and uh, again, by the way, there's no such thing as cancel culture. It's just the consequences for your actions. Anyway, um, he goes on to say, I'm not some sort of anti-vax flat earther, which there is a good rule of thumb that if you start off a sentence saying, I'm not some sort of, that you probably are. And he might not be a flat earther. He's using that as an example of a stupid belief that he doesn't believe in. But, you know, implicit in this is the acknowledgement that believing in the flat earth theory is a stupid belief. And um, as most people understand, the anti-vax belief is just about as stupid. It relies on a lot of the same um, scientific chicanery to prove it doesn't stand up to any scrutiny. Um, and we'll get to some of that in a second when he gets down to his choices of vaccines and non-vaccines. Uh, but I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or some crazed group of individuals. So we can start here. The reason that we want people to get vaccinated is to lessen the spread of a disease. And it's not to make people feel good about themselves. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of people who are very, very vulnerable to COVID. The elderly, the immunocompromised. Um, stopping the spread allows society to go back to normal faster. It's good for the economy. In fact, as COVID has declined, the economy has actually been quite booming lately, despite uh, a bunch of news stories to the contrary. So um, this is not acquiescing to world culture. This is understanding that your actions can have serious consequences for people that you happen to be around if you are spreading a disease to them. Um, and anything else, I mean, this, I believe he stated earlier, this is very politicized at this point. He's right, but it's because of actions like this that are taken against the greater good to meet, to uh, appease a political faction that he happens to belong to. Um, so now we get into the real garbage. Uh, for me, it involved a lot of studying in the off season. So right now we have the, I'm doing my own research uh, and it's, it's worth noting that while he said he's not an anti-vaxxer, he just launches into anti-vax talking points at this point. This being one of them, the I'm doing my own research. And again, what does research mean? He says, I put a lot of time and energy into researching and met with a lot of different people in the medical field to get the most information about the vaccines before making a decision. Now, as you all know, there's tons of readily accessible information about the vaccines, about their effectiveness level, that the mRNA vaccines were 90% plus effective against the original variant of covid they're still that effective against the Delta variant in terms of preventing serious consequences and hospitalizations. And if he came to any conclusions other than that, he was talking to purveyors of garbage. The J&J vaccine, of course, slightly less effective, but still better than nothing, still 60 plus percent effective. And um, it, it's nice to have options, as we'll get to in a minute. So um, I would like to see the 50 pages of research that he had and so that we could assess what he was looking at. And I would like to know why that trumps the actual um, giant, huge clinical studies that we had on these involving tens of thousands of people. 
And now that so many people have actually had the vaccine worldwide, billions of people. Um, but he doesn't get into that because he doesn't have a case. Um, in actuality, it was pretty easy to eliminate two of them, and it didn't involve going into the questionable history of some of their criminal activities or fraud cases. This being um, Rogers impugning the credibility of Pfizer and Moderna, uh, big pharma companies, and saying basically you can't trust big pharma to make effective diseases. Now, um, I will be <laughs> the first person to say that there are, there are a lot of bad practices within big business. That is certainly true, and big pharma companies do occasionally put out medicines that are less than good. Um, I'm uh, understated in all of this uh, is um, uh, is OxyContin and the various lawsuits surrounding that. Uh, however, it's worth worth keeping in mind that the vast majority of medicines created by large pharmaceutical companies actually do work pretty well. Um, they have to go through rigorous clinical trials. Uh, th they have to go through F the FDA approval process. Um, and th they have to show their work. Uh, their work is often very complicated, but there are quite a lot of medicines that these companies have developed that have been life-changing for a lot of people. And uh, I don't want to go to bat for Big Pharma too much, but the other thing we have with these is extra transparency. Uh, at this point, they've been used on a whole bunch of people, and they have been extremely effective. Um, you know, occasionally you may get a, a medicine that gets pulled from the market that does have severe side effects, and we do learn those um, as, as time goes on. We have a huge sample here. This was developed in front of everybody with technology that's been in testing for quite a while. And if there was going to be any massive issues with any of the COVID vaccines, we would have seen them by now, and we haven't. Uh, instead, they've been extremely effective and extremely safe. And so um, wh whatever you think of Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson um, as, as companies, um, well, this seems to work. <laughs> and they're free. You can go to any pharmacy and get a COVID vaccine, and it costs you zero dollars. Now, that's not to say that they're not getting paid by the government, but um, it costs you nothing, so it's hard to see it as a big scam to get your money because they're not getting your money. No. Anyway, he claims to have an allergy to the mRNA vaccines. That is possible. So um, the thing that people tend to be allergic to in the mRNA vaccines is polyethylene glycol. Uh, it is an ingredient in there. Um, it is rare, but not impossible for people to be allergic to it. Um, and uh, it can cause, it, it's an allergy, you know what allergies cause, can cause hives, itching, occasionally respiratory issues. Um, however, here's the thing. Most people that have an allergy to it have a very mild one and um, can be treated basically instantly with like Benadryl or an EpiPen in a, in a very severe case. It's why they have you wait around at the pharmacy when you get the vaccine to make sure that you don't start to have a reaction because reactions happen quickly most of the time. That's how allergies work. Um, so while it's true, first of all, Aaron Rodgers lies a lot, as we know, and as I've been pointing out for quite a while now, and I don't believe him, but it doesn't really matter if he's lying or not because there's another vaccine available. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is available as well. And Rogers, of course, does have an excuse for that, like he has an excuse for everything, because it caused blood clots in six women and was briefly pulled from the market. Again, um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, he did like a little tiny bit of research, but not as much research as he should have done. Um, and clearly just wants to not take the vaccines. I mean, he's giving excuses, not legitimate excuses. 
um, and is rationalizing his decisions to not take what he wants to not take. He wants to not take the vaccine, and he's going to come up with whatever reason he can to not take the vaccine. Um, I think the big summation here, by the way, there's a bunch of other garbage in here. He compared himself to MLK. Um, He said he described some of the therapies he took that included uh, monoclonal antibodies, which are good, by the way, just not for in advance um they're they're therapeutic <laughs> um and yes he did drop ivermectin which uh, uh, and defended ivermectin as a generic that companies can't make money off of which okay fine but the reason ivermectin is looked down upon as a COVID treatment is because people did studies um if, on a lot of things to see if that they might work because they theoretically had some things that might work against COVID. Ivermectin was one of them, but in clinical trials, it showed no effectiveness. So um, it's not like you can, you can read those. It's not like this is some big conspiracy. It just didn't work. And so um, that's why it w- is not prescribed by doctors. You know, it's, it's an anti-parasite medication. And yes, we make fun of people like Joe Rogan by saying they took horse paste and I'm not going to stop, even though there is a human version of ivermectin. Um, to combat against parasites, um, but it's not approved for this. And you're taking, you're engaging in pseudoscience, taking this medication that can help with certain things for this. Um, Ivermectin's not a COVID medication, um, and it's nuts. And it also, by the way, is made by, um, <laughs> I think that's Merck, um, which is a big drug company. So keep your story straight. Um, and by the way, there are, some dr- uh, some drugs that have shown that they may be helpful with COVID, even though they are originally developed for other things. One of those is fluvoxamine, uh, which is an antidepressant, which has um, uh, anti-inflammatory properties, which seem to help uh, a little bit. Also, Pfizer, not the same thing, but Pfizer has a, uh, a drug in review that purports to stop hospitaliz- hospitalizations by 90% in people who get COVID. These are all great developments. Um, there's no reason to go to ivermectin. There are good treatments that exist. But again, it, it's looking at the intentions or the morality of the producers to impugn the effectiveness when we have data on the effectiveness. And there's no reason to do that. All right. In fact, let's finish Aaron off. All, all, the, all the idiotic nonsense he said. Um, you can boil down how these sort of non-skeptic skeptics think with these last couple, which is, I go back to these two questions for the woke mob. Again, impugning the credibility of your adversaries before you even get to the substance of the questions you're asking. If the vaccine is so great, how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID and unfortunately dying from COVID? Well, it's because the vaccines are not 100% effective. Um, No vaccine, no medicine is 100% effective. And Nobody has claimed that it's 100% effective. The very first thing you heard about the mRNA vaccines were that they were greater than 90% effective, which was amazing because usually things aren't. Um, So the reason is because 10% of the time, someone can still pick it up and it'll still usually reduce their symptoms quite a bit. But it's not 100%. And that's why. The other reason COVID is still spreading is because there's a bunch of people who aren't vaccinated like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and this is a big problem with vaccine skeptics generally, that they tend to create the situation that they then criticize themselves. So, yes. And the last question, and by the way, I, I say this is lazy because you can dig into this. The numbers are out there. The uh, 
it's very easy to find how effective each vaccine is and how how effective it is versus not being vaccinated and how effective it is versus natural immunity from being infected before vaccines by the way are about five times more effective than natural immunity in terms of preventing future infection and severe effects um these are all things you can look up. You don't have to just stop the conversation. You can't be like, oh, I have this this question that I've really got you on. Like, no, you don't. The reason is because it's not 100% effective. It lessens the risk and the impact and the spreadability of COVID if you're vaccinated. It doesn't eliminate it. And there's a bunch of people who aren't vaccinated because they're idiots. And so that's the answer to question one. Question two, if the vax is safe, how come the manufacturers of the vaccine have full immunity? And the reason that the government saw fit to grant the makers of the vaccine full immunity is because they wanted the vaccine to be created. Um, you, you may recall last year, we all stayed inside all the time and did nothing fun um, and didn't see our families and our friends. And the government, for some reason, wanted to end that. So the way that you end a pandemic that's caused by a virus is to create vaccines as fast as possible. And one of the things that can prevent a vaccine from being created quickly is the threat of lawsuits. So the government balanced the risk of allowing the typical remedies for vaccines versus getting rid of them. Um, and as an incentive to create these as quickly as possible, decided to give everybody immunity from side effects that may be caused. Now, you may also notice that there are a lot of very transparent warnings about taking the vaccines. They make you stick around for 15 minutes when you get it to make sure you don't have an allergic reaction. Uh, they're very careful about putting up front the, the impact that you might have, by the way, which aren't that severe. You know, um, irritation around the injection site, tiredness, fatigue, um, things like that. Those are the side effects. If there were more severe side effects, they would let you know those as well. And they'll let you know about the rare side effects. Like in rare instances, this may cause myocarditis. And yeah, I don't think he had that one on there. But just to put that one to bed, um, COVID itself causes myocarditis uh, much more frequently than the vaccine does. And again, um, even though it's it happens, it's very, very, very rare with the vaccine, it's out there. You can see it. Um, he also cited on the J&J vaccine that it was recalled very briefly. Um, a bunch of people worried about anti-vaxxers getting traction from that recall, uh, that, that cessation of sales. We're actually very much against taking it off the market for this exact reason, um, because it was, even at the time, a very rare side effect. Um, upon looking into it deeper, it was determined, yes, in fact, to be a very rare side effect, put right back on the market. But it did give anti-vaxxers a little bit more ammunition, which Rogers used. Um, however, even on the J&J &J front, if he would go and do his research, he would see that um, that particular side effect is exceedingly rare. And it happened in April. It has been many months since April. Um, that is an option that has been available to him since April, and he did not avail himself of it. Um, so, again, there that's kind of the end of the substance of that interview. There was a lot of accusing people um, of treating him badly and about to treat him badly of woke mob stuff. Um, a bunch of not a bunch of nonsense right wing libertarian talking points, um, and it's sad to see. I, you know, I've always thought Aaron is a jerk. I wasn't quite sure what kind of a jerk. It's unfortunate to see this kind of thing, but it's it's not surprising. I'm very unsurprised.
by Aaron Rodgers doing this kind of thing and coming out with this and dropping all of these anti-vax, you know, cancel culture, woke mob, bodily autonomy, uh, Joe Rogan, bingo talking points out there. It's guys who think that they've done their own research and are so independent, all dropping the same lingo to say the same nonsense is really something. Um, Anyway, uh, Rogers is likely to get canceled. And again, there's no such thing as cancel culture. Cancel culture is simply incurring the consequences for the actions that you've happened to have taken. And uh, he's going to get that and he deserves it. So um, I will be glad when this season is over and he's gone. Yes, he is a good quarterback, but uh, I'm, I'm sick of Aaron Rodgers at this point. And uh, he can <laughs> he can go hang out in California with his stupid friends and um, hopefully I never have to talk about him again, although for the rest of the season I will. Um, I will I will leave it at that. Um, if you're listening to this on the mini pod, the actual Chiefs preview will follow directly after. Um, I might put this up on the general feed as well, just because uh, if you didn't hear it, you should go listen to it. Well, actually, maybe you shouldn't go listen to it. <laughs> for morbid curiosity, go ahead and listen to it. Um, but yeah, Aaron's a, Aaron's a dick, and uh, that's kind of all there is to it. The starter's a dick, and he's a celebrity. He dates famous chicks, and once hosted Jeopardy. I live in his head, and he wants me dead. And Aaron knows just who I am, and he'd like me traded to Miami. But I'm just a bag of QB, baby. Yeah, I'm just a bag of 